Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. I'm your co-host, Phoenix. And today we are reviewing a double feature, the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and also the 1991 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. So the movie is about a quartet of humanoid mutated turtles clashing with an uprising criminal gang of ninjas. Okay, let's get it. Okay, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a 1990 action-adventure comedy based on the comic books, which spawned into the uh, 1980s cartoon. Now we have the live-action movie. Uh, it is directed by Steve Barron. It stars Judith Hogue, Elias Coteus, James Sado, and a bunch of voice actors. The Parental Guide says that uh, the profanity is about a 6 out of 10. Damn, is said about nine times, uh, hell twice, ass once, spaz three times, and the word bitchin' is used. Um, that's really it. There's a few scenes of, uh, you know, kids, teens, uh, smoking cigarettes. Uh, watching this uh, for the review, I, I hadn't even noticed before how often they said damn. Yeah, so the Ninja Turtles, uh, it was an 80s cartoon that I grew up watching a lot. Um, the franchise itself is probably the very first time um, I collected the toys. I owned all the movies on VHS. Uh, so it was a pretty big deal for, for my childhood, really. Um, and obviously, as I got older, I kind of fell off. Uh, I know there are people out there, you know, that are still big fans of the uh, the Turtles. I'm, I'm still a big fan, but I kind of stopped collecting and all that. Um... What do you know about the Ninja Turtles? Mostly that they're just turtles and also ninjas. <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty much it. So prior to the movie, uh, watching these movies, you, you had really no other knowledge of them? Um, the other knowledge I have them, uh, of them were the Italian side of them. Uh, each of their names were obviously out of a... The Italian Renaissance painters. Yeah, uh, the Italian, painters, yeah. Italian Renaissance book. And... Uh, my social studies teacher last me told us that uh, about that association, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean, Da Vinci, <laughs> uh, Michelangelo, the uh, famous uh, sculptor of David, Donatello, and Raphael. He also said, you know, pizza's pizza's Italian too, and that's why they love it so much. I just know that side. Okay. That's pretty much it. It's a little bit more. I mean, I, I knew who they were named after, but you, you actually know what some of these um, people did. Uh, obviously, everyone knows uh, Leonardo uh, DiCaprio and Da Vinci. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, these turtles are named after all of them, and um, they all have unique characteristics as well. Uh, they They actually all wear different colors, but in the original comic books, they all wore red. So I think when they were adapted into the cartoons, they were given different colors to um, be able... So that way, you know, everyone can distinguish who they are. Uh, I mean, I, I know it's, I don't think it's enough just, uh, you know, giving them different type of weapons. Uh, so let's get into uh, s some of their personalities here. 
Leonardo, he is known to be um, the leader of the group. He wears a blue mask and uses katanas. Um, he's also the most authoritative of the four. And in the movies, actually, I'm trying to remember if the cartoons did it too, but uh, Leo and Raph, they usually kind of banter back and forth a lot. Michelangelo, he wears the orange mask and uses nunchucks. Um, he is also the less mature of the four. He's usually the comic relief. You know, uh, growing up, a lot of people, um, you know, when you used to play, uh, play pretend, uh, everybody would always want to be Michelangelo because they thought he was the coolest one. And to be honest, I don't remember if I had a favorite. It was, uh, I, I almost want to say it was Raph. Here's the thing. I, I, I didn't dislike Michelangelo, but I didn't like him because everybody liked him. Um, and I've just felt that everyone chose him just because he's a cool one. And I was like, you know, even as a kid, I always thought that, you know, you should probably like the turtles for what they are, not just because they're the cool one and the more popular one. Um, but Michelangelo, yeah, he's more the free-spirited jokester. Um, and, well, I know that everybody, all of them eat pizza, but I think more so him. And what's kind of weird is he has that surfer boy accent, you know, like he's from Southern California kind of thing. Um, which isn't, don't you think that's a little interesting, right? These four turtles, they're all brothers, but Michelangelo has this, you know, southern cali accent like he's a surfer and then Raphael, he has like the new york accent right mm -hmm. he has a a really rough accent to his voice when he talks yeah are you talking about raf yeah okay yeah he's the, he wears the red mask and he uses the um, a pair of sighs or sigh i guess I, I don't know what the plural is um but yeah he's he's uh physically strong and his personality can be a little aggressive Right, he can also be uh, sarcastic, um, and usually his humor is kind of dry. And Donatello, he wears a purple mask and he uses a bow. Uh, he's basically the scientist. He's the smart one of the group. He invents a lot of things, which um, I don't think in either movies he really does any of that stuff. But he he does that in the cartoons, where uh, he builds a lot of uh, a lot of gadgets and. Uh, they even have a like a turtle mobile. I don't remember actually what they called it in the cartoon, but uh, he he built that. Splinter, he is basically their father. Um, he's the one that raised them, found them when they all mutated. He was originally well, he still is a, a rat, but uh, he was a pet basically to a man named Hamato Yoshi. In the cartoons, he was actually a man who mutated into uh, a human version of a rat. So I think it's because, you know, he had rat, pet rats. Um, so it's kind of reversed. So April O'Neil, the first time that she's shown um, on screen, she's wearing a yellow jacket. Uh, that's kind of a uh, homage to the cartoon or the, and the comics, really, where she's... Um, depicted as wearing like a yellow jumpsuit and she's also a news reporter uh, she works for a guy named Charles uh, who has a son named Danny he's kind of what would you say Danny's role is in this movie unneeded you don't think you think he's unneeded yeah 
Well, if you unuseful because th- there's no point. I think the only thing he really did was save Splinter, maybe. Well, because Raph could have done that. Well, okay, the um, he the way he's used in here is to kind of show, um, I, I think, show what the youth is like. Uh, obviously, the movie, what this is about is the rise of the Foot Clan, uh, kind of. They're, they're showing that there's a, um, a boost in crime rate uh, in New York. Well, I think across America, but um, this, you know, this movie takes place in New York. Uh, but Danny, you know, he eventually tries out to become, you know, a member of the Foot Clan. But uh, it was him who ultimately led uh, the Foot to where April lived, um, you know, and we'll, we'll maybe it, it may come up a little bit later, but they also um, burnt down April's apartment, and he felt, you know, he felt regret for that. Um, so a lot of the things that happened was because of him. He was kind of the catalyst for a lot of the things that happened in there. So we're not really seeing things from his point of view, but it is, uh, he's used, I don't know, kind of like uh, as a device. So, uh, April O'Neil, she's played by Judith Hogue. What do you think of the actress or even the character? Uh, I don't have much to think about her. I just think, oh, she's just someone to help out the turtles in their times. Okay. Uh, she's, yeah, in the cartoon, she's, you know, their friend. I thought she was fine. Um, I don't have any problems with her at all. But Casey Jones is another character in uh, in the movie. Uh, wh- what do you think about him? He's played by Elias Coteus. Mm, once again, nothing really to think about him except his little relationship with Ralph. I think I just think he's just another ally. Yeah, he's uh, basically a vigilante, right? He goes around um, in a hockey mask. Wears a hockey mask. Yeah, kind of you know, kind of like Batman, but I'm not gonna compare him to Batman. But he- he's out there, you know, um, trying. Hmm? Jason? Well, the mask is Jason-esque, but uh, you know, as what he does is, you know, he tries to prevent crimes and takes out the bad guys, right? When we first see him, it's in, uh, what, Central Park, you know, where uh, Raf is, um, he had just come out of the movie theaters, and I, I guess he saw a lady's uh, purse get snatched, right? So he mm-hmm. chases after these two guys into the park, and then that's where we meet Casey Jones. So had Raf not been there, Casey would have, you know, taken down those two uh you know, hoodlums or whatever himself, and that's um, that's and that's why they actually got in a fight because uh, Casey Jones felt like uh, Raph got in the way. Um, so yeah, that's early on, and that's how they meet. Uh, did, what did you think of their meeting? That was kind of funny. Yeah, so Casey Jones, uh, he uses baseball bats, uh, and he has like a he uses actually an assorted. Yeah, Bat. was that early on or that later? That was later. Well, but he he does use a a, a cricket um Wait, no, that was when paddle. Right. Is it a cricket paddle or a bat? Cricket bat. Okay, so yeah, he uses that too. Um, so he wears like a jean vest and fingerless gloves. Um, what do you think about his personality? Uh, I thought he was a little bit of a douche. Yeah, he uh, he likes to call. Like when he's talking to April, he he's he's called her referred to her as like babe, uh, toots, sweet cakes, princess. Um, so he calls her these uh, these kind of names, right? So it kind of what's the word? Annoys her. 
Yeah, I want to kind of uh, bring up again, like the beginning of the movie, uh, when when it's being reported about the crime rate going up, we see a bunch of, um, you know, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a montage basically uh, showing. Pe- you know, people getting robbed and things taken away from them. Uh, there's one scene. There's a lady out on the um, on her balcony watching a TV, and you know we both laughed at this. But uh, yeah, she turns her head real quick, and then the TV disappears. I thought that was a pretty funny scene. Um, but I don't know if you caught this, but there was um, there was one truck that was uh, they were loading things into that were they were stealing. It was called Mario. Was it diaper services? Does that sound about right? It was like I a pink. Yeah, it was it was a pink truck or a van, and it said Mario something services. I I, I forget. But the reason I I bring that up because I, I wonder if they're referencing you know the Super Mario Brothers franchise because uh, uh, Splinter he is the pet of you know Hamato Yoshi, so you got Yoshi Mario. So it was kind of a kind of a coincidence, right? That that those two names are kind of dropped in there. Uh, but the you know obviously that that truck I'm talking about is kind of a blinking you miss it kind of thing since since you didn't see that let's let's talk about a little bit about the the Foot Clan um, and their hideout. Well, what do you think about their hideout? Um, the hideout looks looks sort of cool. I mean, there's a is it enticing you as a teen? Does that look like a place you'd like to go hang out? Um, yeah. You know, they got a bunch of video games. There's music blaring. Uh, there's uh, skateboard ramps, basketball. Oh, um, yeah. You know, yeah, it does. Yeah, and there's people sparring, and obviously, you know, you can get cigarettes and stuff like that, too. Now, do you remember the guy that uh, was kind of, he was kind of like the lead thug. Um, he was the one kind of showing people around. He was the one that the cops talked to at the very end of the movie. Yes, sort of. I just remember him uh, showing kids around. Yeah, he had like a mole on his face. Well, that actor is Sam Rockwell. I mean, you probably remember him from Iron Man 2. He was uh, Justin Hammer. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I completely forgot. Well, I didn't even know he was in this movie because it had been so long. And I don't even remember the first movie I saw um, Sam Rockwell in. But going back and watching this, I was really surprised uh, to see that he was in here, and he actually his role wasn't even that little, right? Uh, he he definitely has some scenes where he had lines. Um, but Tatsu is what would you say Shredder's right hand man? Yeah, pretty much like a lieutenant. Yeah, so he he's this. Um, actually, that's a that's a very good uh, description. Um, I would say calling him lieutenant, but yeah, he's this bald Japanese guy who grunts a lot. <laughs> uh, he does, you know, he says some things which uh, I don't know if you you catch it, but his voice is dubbed, so the guy, you know, his English may not be you know that good, uh, the actor, I mean, uh, but yeah, his voice is dubbed, and maybe that's why uh, the actor grunts a lot. You know, there's not a whole lot of, uh, a lot of dialogue for him. Um, but there was one, there's one point that um, Casey Jones how I was mentioning uh, he calls April these names he calls Tatsu Tinkerbell later on um, so I thought that's funny it was a scene where they fight yeah I remember it it wasn't uh, it wasn't exactly drop dropping hilarious but like I didn't really get it because it doesn't it has no association with the name no it's just you know, he's just calling him a name um, but uh, Shredder now what do you think about Shredder. I thought his outfit looked ridiculous. 
kind of does, but if you pull up the actually, I think you just pulled up the the, the cartoon, right? Yeah, I did. Ca- I saw that. Kind of looks like that, but the cartoon, um, he's wearing his outfit's more of an armor. So that's the thing I think that was lacking in the in the movie personally for I me. Think, I think better or armor is better than cloth, just like um, Nolan's Batman over Adam West's. Yeah, no, I, that that's um, definitely valid. If if you look at the movie version, he's wearing basically like a sequence outfit, and the yeah, only it's thing all shiny and sparkly. Yeah, so that's a little weird. Um, it's not very uh, a tactical color, you know. Uh, but but his his spikes and um and all that that that's pretty intimidating. You know, I like his helmet too. I, I don't know, you know, if if he uh, if his neck can move like Batman though. Um, is just the way it, just the way it's shaped, but nevertheless, looking at Shredder, he is pretty intimidating guy, right? I mean, yeah. w- with that outfit aside, I guess. Did he remind you of anybody? One of those guys on Blades of Glory. Okay. The ice skating movie. What about his voice? Batman. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Yeah. So his appearance is Darth Vader esque, and his voice uh, is Darth Vader esque. There was uh, there's something that really reminded me of Darth Vader. Uh, there was a scene where he was addressing the whole Foot Clan and mm-hmm. all the uh, members. Yep. And he says to them, "You are my children, and I am your father." Yep. I said, "That's that's such a rip off of that's, Darth Vader." It's, it's on the nose. Uh, and yeah, he causes them all a family. Um, and basically, yeah, he, in, in that scene, he's telling like all, all the all the kids that you know everyone in the outside world. Uh, what's that line? Do you remember? It, basically, they, uh, they they would only be accepted there. Yeah, yeah. Um, the outside world rejects you, and we welcome you, or something like that. Yeah. Which do you have a favorite turtle or? Might have to be Donatello, yeah. because he's the smartest of them all, mm-hmm. and uh, he he also has that comedic tone like Michelangelo, but still ser- uh, serious at times. I think Ralph just has too much of an attitude. Leo's too calm and serious, and Michelangelo's too goofy and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's not he's not bright, which uh, ironically, orange is the brightest uh, of, of all the colors. But yeah, yeah, Donatello. Um, I like the scene where him and Casey Jones. Um, Casey was working on that truck, and he oh, was sitting yeah. on the inside. And they were they were going back and forth about Gilligan's Island, and uh, they were also going back and forth, calling each other names too. Uh, I forgot some of the names, but I thought it was a, a pretty good exchange between the two. It was. Uh, they were playing just this alphabet game. Y- you recognized that, didn't you? Mm-mm. So the uh, the game they were doing is they were calling each other names because they stopped for a pause, and Casey asked what letter they were on, and then it also says G, and he says. Oh, great job, goof, goof breath, or something like that. Oh, okay. No, I, I, I missed that. It, I was probably, yeah. Well, since I, I brought this particular scene up, um, I probably missed it because I was taking the notes. Um, but yeah, Michelangelo. Uh, I like in the opening scene. Well, not the opening scene, but uh, early on, he orders pizza, right? And then he goes over to the the what is it called, the Grail or whatever. The Where, Great. The great, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He, so he's looking out of the grate and he's waiting for the pizza man to uh, come deliver. And you know, after uh, X Men, was it thirty minutes? If, uh, if, if, uh, I forget the policy. Uh, yeah, I don't know the policy. They, yeah. I don't think they say the policy, but he was just saying thirty more seconds, and 
And then he's late. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. Late. So so the guy shows up, and I think he was two minutes late, so it's three dollars off of a pizza. Mm-hmm. So he pays ten dollars for um for for the pizza. I don't know the size, but you can still get large pizzas for ten bucks. So, but but you know, New York, they, I'm sure they have a lot of really nice places where the pizzas are a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, no, the guy was uh, from Domino's. Right, he was wearing a Domino's jacket. I think it was like a red and blue jacket. Well, I can't tell. Yeah, because I think Domino's uh, was actually like a sponsor for the movie as well. Um, yeah. Looking at the credits and thinking about it, I just realized that the pizza guy is actually Michelangelo's actor, voice actor. Yeah, a, a lot of the guys who are either the um, the actors who play them inside the suit or the voice, they have small roles in here as well. Like uh, Raphael, uh, when he's chasing Casey Jones and gets run over by a taxi, the passenger in the taxi says, what was that? That, that was him? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, do you recognize any of those names for, for who voices them? Uh, let's see. Nope. Um, the ones I know is uh, Leonardo is voiced by Brian, um, and I'm going to screw this up, but I think it's pronounced Tachi. He is, I know him more from uh, Revenge of the Nerds and Police Academy. So in those movies, he plays your uh, stereotypical foreign exchange student. Um, so he, in, in these movies, he, uh, and Police Academy, where he's uh, uh, like a transfer from Japan, you know, as a police officer, his English is very broken up. He's always like, ah, yes, sir, you know. And um, But I was surprised yeah, I didn't learn it this time. I've, I've known him for some time, but when I found out that he was the one who voiced Leonardo, I go, wow, his English is uh, it's actually pretty good. Um, and so you wouldn't even know that he's Japanese. You know, he might be Japanese American or something. Um, but the other one that stands out to me is uh, Corey Feldman. Uh, he's one that does Donatello. Now Corey Feldman was um, was in the Goonies. He played Mouth. Oh. Yeah. That's Corey Feldman. Uh, he's done a lot of movies, too. He was a big 80s guy. Matter of fact, he was very good friends with Michael Jackson, too. Uh, you, you can find pictures of them together where, you know, he like looks like Michael Jackson, you know, the hair and the hat. Um, but he was also in Stand By Me. And uh, what, what else? Was his name Corey Feldman? Corey Feldman, yeah. Uh, him and Corey Haim were uh, in... Um, I don't see anyone named Corey. Oh, wait. It's all the way at the bottom. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know why. But yeah, Corey Corey Feldman was a you know um, a child actor of the '80s. And he's he's in a lot of movies. I'm sure you know this won't be the last we see or hear of him at all. Um, but that's pretty much it. The the other voice actors I don't recognize. Um, even even uh, Shredder has a different guy voicing him than the actual actor himself. Um, do you remember the scene when uh, this is after her apartment burnt down? Um, but they're at the house and Michelangelo is doing like an impersonation. Mm-hmm. The, there's this joke that uh, you know I'll, I'll tell it, but I didn't get when I was a kid. And there's a few of those. Um, but Michelangelo is doing an impersonation, and I think they said that it was like Cagney. And he's like, "Ooh, you dirty rat! You killed my brother!" And then April, she goes. That must be Splinter's favorite. And everyone's like, hmm? Hmm? They're looking at each other like, and she goes, that was a joke. Like, I didn't really get it. And I think it's because of her delivery. I didn't quite understand it because. That's why, that's that's their joke too. They didn't understand it either. 
Okay. See, that scene just didn't play well for me then because, yeah, obviously, you know, him saying dirty rat, she says that must be Splinter's favorite because he's a rat. Um, it's kind of a corny joke, but like her delivery, I didn't even get that she was referring to the rat part of the joke. I thought she literally meant that was Splinter's favorite joke. Um, but, impersonation. huh? Impersonation. Oh yeah. His, um, his favorite impersonation. So I, so I didn't really get that as a kid. Um, but in the same, while they're still at the house, there's another part that I really like. Uh, this is actually, uh, one of the quotes that I wrote down, but, uh, Michelangelo says, Ninja kick the damn rabbit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they were watching, yeah, they were watching the commercial and, Oh, no, no. They were watching a movie. Yeah, cartoon. Cartoon. Yeah, they were watching a cartoon, and uh, I'm sure it was a turtle racing a rabbit. It was the turtle and the tortoise and the hare. You Uh, didn't notice that? uh, Well, I was writing it down. Um, But I I just thought it was funny, because when I was a kid, I didn't didn't know that it was a ninja kick. I thought he was telling the turtle, like he was referring to the turtle uh, as a ninja, you know, to kick the, the damn rabbit. But um, so yeah, do a ninja kick is is really what he meant. Ninja um, kick the turtle. Yeah, I guess it sort of makes sense, but it's better to say ninja kick the turtle. Or the, 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 hair. Yeah. Rabbit. Um, Rabbi. Rabbit. Uh, another scene that I liked was when uh, April, after she had been taken back to the sewer by Raph in the beginning, uh, she wakes up. And um, she starts freaking out, right? Because she sees the turtles, she sees Splinter, so she's screaming. And then Michelangelo and Leonardo scream at each other. They look at each other and they start screaming. Um, and that was fun. Oh, yeah. And before before she even wakes up, Michelangelo says, can we keep her? And yeah, like so, as a pet. Yeah, exactly. And so, obviously, ironic because they're the turtles and she's human. Uh, what about the, the, the story of how they all came to be? Eh, uh, it was a little too coincident about four turtles and a rat all being in the same ooze and that yeah. and that ooze especially was the only ooze that could trans or mutate you. I thought that was too coincidence. Too much of a coincidence. Coincidental. Co- too coincidental. Uh what do you think of that ooze? Kinda of looked like that shampoo, right? Was it Pert Plus or something? Maybe. Yeah, it that's what it looks like. Uh, but there, there was a scene, or a scene. There was a line that Splinter says, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here. But he says, uh, "Nothing in the world could possibly prepare me for what was going to happen next." One spoke, and then, you know, it's Michelangelo. I'm assuming he goes pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there well, was... Michelangelo says it right when he says it. That was me. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're helping narrate the story to uh, to April. Um, Another scene that I, that I liked, I don't know if you caught this, but April was on TV, um, and her boss Charles was watching, and he was shaking his head, and she also kind of calls out the chief of police in this scene, um, but do, do you know what, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, did you catch the other reporter's name? No. Should her, I? Uh, well, it was spoken, but it, it, uh, her name was June, so April is talking to June. Both names after months. Lame. <laughs> you know, well, it's 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 something. What do you think about the fight in, in that house between the the Ninja Turtles and the Foot Clan? I keep on thinking about the second movie. Yeah. Scenes. Well, th- this is this is the scene where uh, Casey Jones comes to save the house, uh, or to save them because uh, 
He had been outside of somewhere and saw Raphael. Oh, yes, he was on a, a rooftop mm -hmm. across the, uh, well, across a long way, mm -hmm. and he saw Raphael like kicking around and stuff. Yeah, just basically letting out anger. Yeah. Yeah, um, there, there's a scene I like during the fight where uh, Leo, he is repeatedly slicing or, um, uh, you know, and this uh, foot soldier, he's trying to dodge uh, the slashes, right? And mm -hmm. then and then um, Leo kind of fakes him out on that last one. He's like, gotcha, you know. Uh, I, I kind of always liked that as a kid. Do you remember the scene where um, all the turtles are meditating? And then yes. you see like a hologram of Splinter. Do you know? Did, did that remind you of anything? Power Rangers. Oh, okay. I can see that. Uh, well, I, I guess I guess this isn't a good question because you haven't see, uh, watched Star Wars yet. I've um, been wanting to. I know. I know. Uh, but yeah, the the hologram of Splinter was very uh, reminiscent of Obi Wan, Obi -Wan Kenobi. Kenobi. Yeah. Okay. See, so you so haven't you, watched that, yeah, so, so yeah, I, but I still know, know that. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing that I didn't understand as a kid, but uh, when they go back to their uh, first lair, um, they find Danny hiding in the closet, right? And when he comes out, he said that he'd been there, I forget how long, but he also had pizza there, right? And so Donatello and Michelangelo, they go over to the pizza, and he's like, well, or M Mike Michelangelo says, well, and Donatello goes, do you like penicillin on your pizza? And then they start, uh, you know, slowly getting down on their knee as they're, um, uh, you know, Michelangelo saluting to the pizza, and and uh, I think Donatello's kind of doing that that bugle call, you know, that that people play when when somebody dies. Mm -hmm. uh, so as a kid, I thought they were just saluting the pizza, so I didn't understand that uh, the the you know the mold on the pizza, you know, made it bad. So I didn't get that as a kid. Did, did you understand that? Yeah, but they didn't eat that, right? They just, no. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it kind of cut right after that. They looked like they were excited or something. Yeah, because you got to remember when this movie came out, I was like six or seven, probably not even seven yet. So you're you're double the age um, than what I was. Let me see some of the other uh, quotes that I like. There was one part I think that they were watching the news and April mentions Raphael mm -hmm. and uh, he was kind of, you know, he was sitting off to the side and the guys were, um, what was the word? They were kind of embarrassing him. That, Isn't that, that the second movie? N no, because, uh, no, I'm pretty yeah, sure it's okay, the first yeah, one. Yeah, the first one because yeah. he saves her in the beginning. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, so she was thanking him and... Uh, Michelangelo says, I actually think he's turning red, which, you know, it's funny because he wears a red bandana. Mm -hmm. um, and this line comes from when they're at the uh, the second house. But uh, Raf and Leo, they're fighting as usual. And the uh, Leo, no, I'm sorry, Donatello and Michelangelo, they go fight, fight, kitchen, kitchen. And then Raf and uh, Leo keep going. And then they end it, and then Michelangelo's like, pork rind, pork rind. So uh, I always thought that was funny as a kid. Um, and then Casey uh, says a line that I, I really like, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but I think Donatello called him um, claustrophobic. Oh, yes. Yeah, and then he goes, you want a knuckle in your mouth? I've never looked at a man like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really funny. Um, now, this this one gets the award for the worst quote in the movie. Uh, this is when, uh, shortly after 
April and the Turtles, they find Danny uh, hiding hiding in that closet. I think and, the worst quote should have gone to that joke she tried to make about that must be Splinter's favorite. Uh, that, should be, that should be the worst Well, the, the, that was just a bad quote. Oh, I mean a bad joke, really. But no, this one, uh, Danny tells her that uh, tells April that he ran away. And then she replies, your dad is going to have kittens. It would have been better if she said turtles. But, uh, yeah, I think that would have been just as bad. I mean, your dad is going to have, you know, fill in the blank. Just it, it doesn't sound like a good line at all. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. She, she doesn't, she's not very good with her quotes or jokes. No. All right, and now what are your thoughts on the end where the uh, the turtles fight Shredder? I don't like how they only went one-on-one. They're a whole, they're a team of brothers. Why don't they just all attack at once? Or yeah, at least two on two. You know that's that's a bit of a uh, I wouldn't say that's a trope really. It it, it kind of is. You got four turtles against one guy, and uh, it seems to be kind of a fair match, right? Mm-hmm. But in the same token, uh, you can have one good guy go against like a bunch of people, and and it, it would be the same thing. But that's kind of a trope, I guess. When it's uh, when somebody's outnumbered, it still seems to be a fair match. Yeah, uh, like uh, actually, never mind. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll talk about that later. In the next movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, any final thoughts on this? Um, no. Okay. Uh, now, what do you think happens after the movie? All right. So, what I think happens after the movie? Let's see. Well, I actually know what happens after the movie. Yeah, so basically at the end, um, Shredder falls off of the building, and he, I guess he falls right under uh, a garbage truck because Casey pulls a switch, and the... Oops. Yeah, yeah, oops, right. And then it, uh, the the trash, what is it, the trash... uh, Crusher? Mm. Crushes? Yeah, well... Shredder gets crushed by the uh, by the dump truck, basically, mm-hmm. and you know we assume he dies. So after the movie, I think Casey Jones goes to jail. <laughs> Why would you think that? Because he doesn't show up in part two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got arrested for manslaughter or something because of the Shredder thing. Uh, no, not like not right even there. manslaughter. Well, uh, attempted uh, attempted murder, <laughs> uh, and, and maybe he. Uh, <laughs> and maybe he awaits trial during part two because he's never seen again until part three, uh, and so I'm is sure we'll we'll bring him back up in part three. Is it the same actor in part three? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, but yeah, overall, oh, you know another thing about this movie, this was also the very first movie that I um, uh, earned my first soundtrack to. Uh, so when I was eight or nine years old, um, I was really weird. I, I would. Uh, Still really weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, do you remember what Danny uh, used to listen to music to? A cassette. Yeah, it was a Walkman, and I used to have a Walkman, um, and that's just basically what you know iPods are now, you know, except for it was with cassette. Um, but I would used to listen to the Ninja Turtles soundtrack um, to sleep, uh, and not only that, I. Did did this thing where I hooked up the VCR to my dad's stereo, and I recorded the entire audio of Back to the Future One on on tape on a cassette. Um, so cassettes, you were able to do that. They came in different, you know, 
lengths. And so I, I, I think I had Back to the Future on, you know, on both sides of the tape. So if it wasn't that, it was Ninja Turtles soundtrack that I would listen to. Wouldn't your cassette died, die if you try to listen to it overnight? Because that's what happens with the iPods. Well, you mean would it just stop playing? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I would eventually fall asleep, but it, it would just stop um, when, when one side ends. Well, that's handy. Yeah, so, I mean, because there's nothing else to play. So the, the, there's the, t- the cassette tape, there's actual tape in there, so kind of like a movie reel. Because with iPods, you would just have to, like... Well, I, iPods are digital, yeah, yeah. So so that, it would just continuously play. But but the tape, it gets to a certain length, and then it will stop. So you have to turn it around to play the ba- uh, the backside. Um, so, and then after, you know, cassette tapes, it went to DVDs, or, I'm sorry, CDs. Um, so that's what we still... And, and CDs are still around, so... Um, so yeah, overall, what do you think about this movie? I give this movie a 3.75. Okay, that's pretty good. And and just like the last episode, I, I tend to give uh, these things a, a slightly higher rating, but I give it a solid 4. Uh, I really like the tone of this. It wasn't too silly. There, there's obviously jokes geared towards the kids. I mean, it is rated PG. But it's a, it's a movie I you know I grew up watching. I, I really loved the turtles. Um, still do not as much now that I'm grown up. But they they still have a place in my heart. Um, but yeah, right under Back to the Future. Huh? Right under Back to the Future. I wouldn't say right under. I mean, there. Uh, I don't. I don't even think Ninja Turtles is in my top ten. So it's not in your heart. <laughs> uh, I have a big heart. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, it, it's definitely one of my favorites. I mean, it's not one that I watch often, but I I loved it as a kid. I mean, watching this was very nostalgic for me. Um, I had a lot of uh, there was a lot of scenes that I remember me and your uncle used to laugh at, and we would revi- uh, rewind on VHS. Um, so it's a little bit different now. No, we still rewind, just on the Blu-ray player. Yeah, but I don't think you and I do that too often, really. I mean, we see something funny, and we just laugh, and it just keeps going. But uh, me and Uncle Phil, I mean, as kids, certain scenes that we used to really laugh at, we would just keep rewinding it and laugh and laugh and laugh. I used to do that, but then I got bored after, like, the third try. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a hassle, but I can see it more of a kid kind of thing, I guess, unless the scene is, like, super funny and you just want to watch it again. Uh, but, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the second film. Turtles and the Shredder battle once again, this time for the last canister of the ooze that created the Turtles, which Shredder wants to create an army of new mutants. Alright, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, is a 1991 action-adventure comedy. It is directed by Michael Pressman, who I've never heard about before, uh, Paige Turco, David Warner, and Ernie Reyes Jr., and as far as the parental guidance, it's basically the same thing from um, part one, uh, but the language they've toned down a little bit too, and the violence wasn't as violent as the first one, I guess. But um, yeah, so right off the bat, anything different about this movie as far as the casting goes? Um, April. Yeah, April. 
Yeah, this is one of the first movies where a main character was replaced, and um, ever since then, it's always bugged me. You know, ever since Back to the Future 2, where they uh, replaced Jennifer Parker, you know, I was completely fine with Claudia Wells, but I understand there's stuff behind the scenes where she couldn't do it. And Elizabeth Shue, she she is what she is. Um, But with April O'Neil, I have no, you know, I, I don't... These actresses, I I know they've done stuff, but I don't really know them in anything else. But we uh, get an addition to this. We have a new character by the name of Kino, who is played by Ernie Reyes Jr. Uh, do you know this actor? I do not know. Um, this is one of his uh, bigger roles, but he uh, his first movie was The Last Dragon. Remember cool, Bruce, cool. Bruce Lee Roy? Oh, oh yes, 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 I do. Yeah, so he, sure yeah, he, right. So he was a he was a little kid in there, and you might remember him in the scene where they they lock him in a in a closet towards the end when they're you know good guys fighting the bad guys. I haven't seen that movie in like what a year? It, it's, oh, I think a lot longer than that. Uh, here's a little fun fact here: uh, when me and Phoenix watched The Last Dragon, uh, he liked it. And I tweeted out to Ty Mac, who plays Bruce Lee, uh, um, Leroy. Uh, he's referred to as Bruce Leroy, but yeah, uh, the the actor who played him. I tweeted him, and I told him that he got a new fan. He basically said that uh, that's cool, you know, that that Phoenix was still a fan, um, or was able to like the movie uh, after all these. I, I think it's going on thirty years. Uh, uh, the way the the way you made it. Sound me so lame. Yeah. <laughs> now, what about the look of the turtles? Um, was there anything different about them? Do I don't you think? think so. Uh, they seemed a little bit more green. Yeah, you were able to see um, uh, a little bit more spots on their bodies. Mm, maybe it's just because they've been more in contact with ooze. Yeah, I don't think that's it. But I mean, just the look of them—they do look a little bit different. I think their bandanas are a little bit more vibrant too. But that could be me. But overall, um, when you're comparing like a lot of the scenes, this one's uh, a little bit more colorful um, than the last one, which I, I think was uh, the studios wanting this to be uh, a lot more family uh, friendly than than the first one. Uh, the first one to our standards now um, is is fine, but back at that time, uh, the people actually thought that the first Ninja Turtles movie was, was a little violent. Um, but oh yeah, in a Japan or somewhere like that, they changed the name to Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because they thought Ninja was too violent, and they didn't want kids having the idea that stabbing each other was fun. Right. So, and and if you notice, a lot of the um, fighting scenes, they don't even use their weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the opening scene in in that mall uh, or whatever that un- underground mall or something, um, Michelangelo instead of using nunchucks, he uses uh, was it beef jerky or something? Or he said, uh. I have no idea. Maybe bratwurst. Yeah, so, so they're they're not real nunchucks, but I mean they're they're basically they're not the real weapons. But he still uses these um, these pieces of meat as as a nunchuck. Um, but yeah, nobody else really uses their their real weapons. So it, it it's been toned down a bit for for oh, this one. Yeah, that first opening scene, I thought that was a little dumb too. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, you know Kino is. Uh, he was on pizza delivery, and he sees these vans just filled up with TVs and stuff. You know, if they were robbing a place, why would they be so unconcealed like that? You know, all he had to do was walk down the stairs to find them 
all of them robbing the store. Yeah, let, let's talk about Kino a little bit. He's a uh, yeah, he he's a uh, so he's he's this Filipino pizza delivery guy. That explains it. Yeah, he what? <laughs> His nosiness. Well, Filipinos are nosy. I'm kidding. No. Oh. Uh, yeah, but when we first see him, he uh, he has to go deliver pizza, and he even reads off the slip that is for April O'Neil. But yeah, on the way to deliver these, he sees a bunch of guys just unloading. I mean, why would he even think there's anything suspicious? Because a lot of times, uh, shipments come in at night, and that's when, like, you know, for example, malls and stores, you know, they stock up on their stuff, right, when they're closed mm -hmm. uh, after hours. So. Oh, wait, that's it. Uh, he's a pizza guy. Pizza guys are always suspicious. Yeah, I suppose so. Have I'd you delivered say. pizza before? No. <laughs> okay. I've seen enough movies to know that almost every single pizza guy dies or something like that, or gets nosy. What kind of movies do you captured. watch? <laughs> captured, captured. Um, yeah, yeah. He the, and he's kind of a weird character because, like later on, uh, he delivers pizza when nobody ordered it, and he just kind of barges into April's apartment. Yeah, right? I know that. Yeah, so so that's really weird. Um, now. Speaking of April's apartment, so she that's kind of a new setting now, right? I don't, I, don't, I don't like it because this movie is supposed to take place like a few days after it or something like that. Do you think it's a few days now? I think because okay. they talk about it like it is. And, it's uh, like it's still pretty fresh. Yeah, and Shredder, you know, Shredder's just getting out of his garbage land and getting to the Foot Clan. I mean, he wouldn't be like weeks or months or years after that. No, no, that's... that's... That would definitely be a day or two. Now, here's a question I probably should have thought about um, towards the end of our, our first review um, when we t discussed what happened after the movie. So, do you think Casey was the only one to know that Shredder was under that uh, trash compactor? No, I think the Turtles knew that too. The Turtles do know that because Raphael says... Something about him being crushed about it, too. But what do you think happened to his body after part one? Um, do you think they just threw him in the trash can? <laughs> <laughs> what um. a poor way to handle somebody. <laughs> so, okay, so Casey Jones pulls the lever. It crushes Shredder. So what happens? Do they say, uh, let's just throw his body in the trash can. That <laughs> yeah. way, the, the you know, it will just be taken to the dump. Because they, they put him wherever the trash goes, the dump. Yeah, so, so his body ends up at the dump. I mean, no, not the like, like garbage dump, but like a, like a uh, junkyard, right? Mm -hmm. so, so it's not an actual dump. It's a junkyard. You know, it's got car parts and, and what have you. That's, that's, that's probably... That's convenient because the whole Foot Clan is there too. Exactly, and actually, that's what I wrote on my notes. How convenient that was that yeah he comes out from uh, under the rubble, and and that happens to be their new hiding uh, area since uh, in, in in the first movie. Because apparently that's that's their fallback right place. Oh yeah, yeah. One of the guys uh, mentions that. Um, so yeah, let's talk a, l a little bit about about the Foot um, Tatsu. We actually well, he's okay. not that important. Yeah. But um, but Tatsu, he's kind of, he's he's got a bit of a lesser role. We still see him, but he really doesn't do anything at all. He um, quote unquote retrieves the ooze. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, actually, yeah. Let's go ahead and bring this up now. We uh, another addition uh, to the cast. We get uh, Professor Jordan Perry. Uh, he works for a company called TGRI. And they're the ones that uh, created this ooze. Uh, so when we first see him, 
uh, April O'Neil is actually uh, what interviewing him. And off to the side, a couple of those workers, they find some um, overgrown dandelions. Uh, did you have any thoughts about that? Nope. Okay. Uh, I, I noticed that there was a sign where it was marked off. Um, uh, the, the area was kind of marked off, and there was a sign that said, uh, Caution, Contaminated. Yet these guys they, the, that found, found the dandelions, they're not wearing gloves. Um, it, kind of a nitpick, but you know, it, it, it really stuck out to me. When I, uh, so Splinter sent off, or Tatsu sent off this man, the cameraman's assistant, Freddy, mm -hmm. or I didn't know it was the camera guy, uh, picking up the newer dandelion until the end of the movie when mm. he, uh, when April asks where Freddy was and then they kidnap her. Yeah, his his role was really not needed. I, I guess to your point, kind of like Danny in the first one, which which I, I would argue I think Danny uh, was a little bit more uh, had more of a purpose. Um, but yeah, this Freddy guy, it's he he really wasn't even needed. Um, well, I think he was needed to uh, get information for Shredder that the TGRI were finding the mutation stuff. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, what do you think about the TGRI lab? It reminded me of Oscorp. Okay, I can kind of see that. It, yeah, there, there's um, there's these extremely long cables and uh, with pulsating lights, and you got a bunch of like machines and computers that uh, you know they're flashing continuously. Um, kind of a it's kind of like a rave, uh, really. It's very colorful and a, a lot of a lot of lights in there. Um, but yeah. Professor Jordan Perry, he gets kidnapped by the clan, and they want uh, him to come work on a special project for them. Um, Shredder uh, wants him to utilize the ooze to make a, make a, a sort of a weapon, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they get a snapping turtle and a wolf, right? So they. But well, we don't know that yet. Yeah, yeah, not yet. But they create what uh, ends up being Toka and Razar. And I know that a lot of fans, they were very uh, upset with this, th the choice to, to use these characters because they didn't exist prior to this movie. Uh, in the cartoons, they had this other pair of um, bad guys, I guess you can call them, uh, called uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. And uh, Rocksteady Wait. was a rhino and Bebop was a warthog. Rocksteady is the... Uh... Name of the filmmakers of the Batman Arkham franchise too. Yeah, and I don't know if they really you know got got it from that, but I think people wanted to see these other characters a little bit more. Um, so, w what do you think about Toka and Razor? Uh, well, they're only infants, so I, you can, you know you can't really think too much about them. What what about the way they look? Uh, I think they look. I don't like their looks. I I don't either. I think I think they look way too much like puppets. And um Tokar Toka was the turtle, right? Toka. Uh Toka? Toka is probably the I don't know. Well, uh the turtle uh, if it was if it was a turtle, then why wouldn't it look like one of the ninja turtles? Well, it's a snapping turtle, so it's not just oh, any okay. any regular turtle. Yeah, I just didn't like the way they look. Uh, in this one, they're they're not at all intimidating, but they are strong, 
right? They even kind of display that strength when uh, I think they were uh, terrorizing the town, right? Pull, pulling out um, telephone poles. And they display their strength right when Shredder was saying to dispose of them. Yeah, they, they flip over some cars in the junkyard too. Um, what, what do you think about uh, how the Kino's tryout for, for the Foot Clan? You know, because since they're short on soldiers, um, they they put it out on the street that they're looking for people to do martial arts. When Kino first arrives, all these other guys, I was kind of looking. I was like, I don't know if any of them can do martial arts. And that's not because, you know, they weren't Asian, but they, you know, some of them just look like biker guys that, I don't know, it was really hard to believe that uh, this group that he was... Um... They're probably just guys looking to join the group. Yeah, but what, what do you think about some of the tests um, that he has to go through? Like, okay, first first he's fighting, which... It's like one fighting test and then one test where he has to take off bells off a mannequin without making a sound. Yeah, that that doesn't even look like anyone's able to pass that. Well, it doesn't, he doesn't say he has to take out all of it. He just says as much as you can. Yeah, I, I guess there's really no, um, yeah, he doesn't, you know, set a really a specific... Well, it's probably take out as much as he can, and we'll see how much, if you pass or not, with how much he do take. Yeah. I don't know, that was just kind of a weird one, because, I mean, he was obviously amazed that they were all, uh, all the bells were taken off um, in 15 seconds. But, uh, yeah, I guess the point really is just to get as many as you can without making a sound, so you're disqualified, I guess, if any of the bells go off. But that's got to be really hard in itself. I mean, even after the smoke clears and Kino says, is this enough? I mean, like, it, it makes a noise when he was just standing there holding it. Yeah. But, uh, um, mm-hmm. I lost my train of thought. Oh, okay. yeah. If they were really desperate for some more more clan members, then why would they reject any of them? I know. That that is kind of kind of weird, right? They're, so they're they're okay. putting out that they need a bunch of help, but they're going to, mm-hmm. like, limit it. And so, so, I mean, just from the testing alone, it almost seems like Kino's the only guy that makes it. it he does say that, too. He says, you're the, it looks like you're the only one worthy of the final <laughs> test. <laughs> okay, really weird. All right, so um, now what do you think about the, the scene where the turtles are fighting the Foot Clan in that uh, TGR, TG... All right. Once office. again, they were only attacking one at a time. Yeah, yeah, the they're foot fi- clan members. Right, so they're time. fighting for this one last canister, and they play football. I mean, at one point, they even like get in a little huddle, you know, to to come up with a game yeah. plan. And all the foot clans just standing there, you know, w- waiting for them to finish. That happened in the first movie too with the yeah. shooter. He was just waiting for them. Yeah. So that that, that is one thing uh, I, I don't like, where um, you know, it's just really convenient uh, that that. They they have time, you know, to break into a little, you know, comedy relief. But then again, I mean, who would want to attack four Ninja Turtles when they're all huddled together? Plus, yeah. you know, they have, they should do some common sense there. I mean, while they uh, Shredder waited for them to finish the huddle and he ended up in a dumpster truck, what would happen to them? Yeah. Uh, but there's one thing that I learned uh, from that scene is that Donatello is bad at football. Uh, yeah, he he's um, surfing on this chair, and he wi- he he wipes out because uh, this foot soldier is right holding a bow on the ground, right? So he kind of trips over that with the chair. Um, but once he like falls, the the, the cancer just 
flies out of his hand. So, like, if you play good football, you would know to keep that close to you, you know, so that way it doesn't fly. Especially for something so important and fragile. Yeah, but, you know, you get it. He's supposed to be the brains, right? So, not really an athlete. Um, also, this is, this, is, this is something that really annoyed me. Um, Tetsu... Grunts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't exactly bother me, but... Um... He had the canister in his hand, and all he was doing was, watch, was watching the Foot Clan fight the turtles when he could have just left. Yeah, or or fought. Or fought, yeah. yeah. I if mean, he's just an amazing warrior. The again, the turtles were outnumbered. You know, the Foot should have been. Um, you know, they, they should have been able to take down the the, the the turtles, in my opinion. And then another thing: if there were so few of them left, then how are there so many right there and at the end of the movie? Yeah, I don't know. Um, now, what about when uh, Splinter shows up during the fight at the junkyard? Uh, he shows up and says, like, cowabunga, right? And then they were all... Yes, uh, they, were, uh, they were all trapped inside a net, net over mm-hmm. spikes. He shoots them before they can go over the spikes. He shoots the net before they can go over the spikes. He says, cowabunga, and he leaves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at <laughs> least help a little bit. No, exactly. Yeah, because they, they do break it into a fight. And um, I, I think it was Leo. It, well, one of the turtles, it shows Splinter walking off. And and Michelangelo says, looks like we're on our own. <laughs> so they, they even say that. Like, okay, Splinter came to save them. How convenient. Uh, you know, that he even knew that, that his help was needed. And but where has he been the whole movie, anyway? Uh, he's been meditating in their new lair, which, uh, which let's talk about that real quick. So they found the, uh, and I, I heard this on another podcast, which I, I found hilarious, but they basically found out uh, uh, the Roosevelt train, right, from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking the whole time. Yeah, and it's it's funny too because uh, uh, Michelangelo he says Spidey City or something or Spider City. Spider City, yeah. So uh, so that's that's exactly what it looks like. Uh, I thought it was really funny that all the lights still work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder why is it so hidden? I mean, I know it's kind of like an abandoned uh, train station. It seemed like it was so hidden, but. Uh... You know, Michelangelo fell in a hole in it. Like, why would there be a random hole over an abandoned train station? Yeah, I, I just don't know why there isn't an easier access. I mean, uh, again, it just seems so hidden, like it was supposed to be a secret. But you would think that there would be other, like, transients or, uh, you know, homeless people kind of, you know, why, down there. Why would there be, like, uh, no other entrances if it was... And if it was an old train station, don't you think there'd be more entrances than just a hole in a sewer? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's why I'm kind of wondering why, why did it seem so it's so well hidden. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there there was one scene that kind of um, bothered me uh, when when they were down in in, in the new lair. Um, Donatello calls April while she's at work, and he's using a he's carrying around a payphone. Um, so does that phone still help, you know, is it still in service? <laughs> yeah, and then he was holding it around with him, too. Yeah, so at around that time, uh, phone calls were probably a quarter, I think. I mean, that's how that was the cheapest I remember it ever being. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I do remember it was as low as a quarter. Um, but I wonder how is that phone still even in service? You know, it, it was might have been even... If it wasn't a quarter and let's say it was a dime, the the, the, the point I'm getting to at 
how is it still working? You, you know, uh, let's say if it was like AT and T or something, don't, don't you think they would have cut off, you know, all all the services? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you to... gotta remember, there's still electricity all over the place. Yeah. So maybe we should move to New York so we can get free electricity and phones. Um, so okay. So did you have any other thoughts about their their new layer? Mm, nope. Okay, so let's go back to the fight. Um, before they get there, uh, Raphael, again, got into some trouble, gets kidnapped, and this is uh, when Kino had just been accepted into the into the Foot Clan. Um, yeah, caught. Yeah. So, Professor Perry, they um, the Turtles saved him from, um, from, from the junkyard, and so he was working with them to create an antidote... Um, to reverse Toka and Rezar to uh, to their normal beings, and so after they come up with this antidote, what, what do you even think about this whole scene with, with the um, what was it My- Michelangelo's pizza dropping into it, and them you know deciding to you know put the thing into like ice cubes and put that into donuts? What do you think about all that? I don't know. I think Michelangelo he was just too idiotic to think of that. I don't know how he did. Anyway, I think like Leo would have been the best idea. Or something like that. Well, but Donatello's like stirring the pot too, and him being a man of science or a turtle of science, you would think, you know, he'd be like, "Hey, no, that that contaminated the batch. We need to start over." I mean, the pizza falling in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all he was doing was just stir a little bit faster, looking around, making sure no one was. But there. you know, I mean, we're I'm sure we're thinking too much into it, but uh, maybe you know the kids are like, okay, you know, it just adds a little flavor to it. No big deal. You know, but, um, and, you know, I'm sure they were kind of pressed on time, too. So they're just like, ah, let's just stir this in here. And, you know, hopefully the, the professor doesn't say, hey, let's start over. Um, actually, back to the professor, David Warner, do you recognize him at all? Uh, I thought he looked like Dr. Connors, but no, keep on going. Uh, he played, um, I forgot his name, but he was in Titanic. He was the, uh, he was the, the cop that chased, like, Rose and Jack all around the ship. You know, he worked for for Cal. You know, the the Billy Zane from Back to the Future, one and two. No, no, I know, I know the I know the bad guy, but I don't know the cop. It it, it was just uh, basically their security. Yeah, so that's that's where he was from. Was he with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, he he was in there too. Um, but yeah, oh yeah. So Kino is also there while they're making, uh, the this you know the antidote. I don't, I don't even know why he's there. I mean, what happened to him delivering pizza? Uh, what happened to him being a member of the foot? So so they'll just let him, you know, go off on his own and stuff? See, so he still has time to hang out with the turtles? Well, you know, they they did find him with Raphael, and he was fighting them, so obviously he's, ah, it, was a, it was a fake. So he's no longer part of the no. foot, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Uh, so yeah, they they go present these um, donuts that have the the cubes in them to to those turtles. This this was a nitpick of mine. Uh, I was just wondering why they didn't make the sludge into donuts rather than making them ice cubes and putting them in donuts. No, that's a very good question. I mean, and and also uh, my my problem is during this uh, offering of the donuts, Shredder is standing there too. And all the foot, they're surrounded by Foot Clan, uh, the Foot Clan, and Shredder, and nobody, you know, wants to shout out, "Hey, don't eat that donut!" Or no, nobody thinks this is so suspicious as to, you know, to try to stop them. Yeah, because they brought the donuts with them. They brought the donuts with them, but 
why even let them? Because it, you know, they brought it with them. Yeah. So it, it you know, that it, it should have been stopped. Shutter should have done something rather than just allow it. Like, like if you were fighting in a war right now, in a in a gun battle, would the other team just come up to you and ask you if you want some hubba bubba to keep on fighting them, or like, would you would you take that? No, no, exactly. I, I would have shot them as they came up. <laughs> you know, that's that's what you do. Um, yeah, so so the razor, Toka. I think Toka's the wolf, um, but the wolf he's the one that uh, detects or. Well, they both scarf down like a like a donor too, before the the wolf finds you know the cube inside Razor the donor. Razor is the wolf. Oh, is it? Okay, uh, isn't that what I said? No, maybe not. Anyway, but they break into a fight, and during the fight, one of the turtles, I think it was Michelangelo, he gets thrown through this wall uh, into a club where Vanilla Ice uh, is performing. Oh, I thought that was Robin Thicke. Yes, it's Robin Thicke. Uh, Robin Thicke was probably like 15 at this time, uh, which actually I think Vanilla Ice was probably like in his uh, mid to late teens uh, when he came out. But uh, yeah, Vanilla Ice, um, you know, well-known rapper at the time. He uh, During this fight, he uh, raps the famous ninja rap, which, you know, he improvises right there, right then and there. Uh, everyone in the club, they think that this is a show going on, so nobody thinks this is actually real life. That you're going scene by scene. Huh? Yeah, but I, I was going to get to this point. Um, but what kind of bothers me is when, uh, during the fight, I think the four turtles, they even break into like a little choreographed dance. Mm-hmm. So I just I, I I just thought that was a little silly. But you know, as a kid, it was probably like, cool, they, they got to dance to this cool rap song. I don't know. What, what did you think of the club scene? Uh, I don't think it was needed. I think it went on for a long time, too. So what do you think Shredder is doing this entire time before he shows up behind the speaker or on stage? He is making his way to the club by walking. Well, you know, maybe he has to go grab, like, that little um, vial of ooze. You know, maybe he's gathering some of that stuff. But, yeah, when he he appeared on stage, I was like, where has he been this whole time? Because, you know, they were just in that... uh, you know, right around the corner or whatever. So basically, the it it ends with um, one big fight with Super Shredder. What do you think of the look of him? I thought he looked awesome, I th- I but thought, uh-huh. I didn't like that his whole armor and clothes changed too. Because all he drank was a vial right. of mutagen, which would have just you know made him bigger. So if anything, he should have just been stark naked. He he should have been like like a Hulk, right? Yeah, like Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's for kids, but no, I, I think that's the sentiment for for most of the grownups. They kind of get it. They're like, wait, why is this suit super sized too? That's that's really weird. You know, yeah. there there were more blades and stuff on it. I right. think that was a more awesome look than the look he had right now. Yeah, with I, the uh, pink sequin suit. They, um, and they they try to make him look even bigger with practical effects. I'm I'm sure they uh, made the surroundings a little bit smaller to to make him look you know that much larger. Also, if uh, Toka and Rezar were transformed in hours and the turtles were in days, how could he be that transformed in a matter of seconds? Because he's the villain and <laughs> that that's a trope in itself. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, very good questions. Um gosh, did you did, was there any any quotes that you could remember? 
Um, there, there, there's while you're looking one up, uh, you know when there was that scene where you know yet again Splinter needs to uh, retell the story to to a new character. He's telling it to uh, to Kino. Everyone kind of stands up to introduce themselves. Um, Michelangelo mentions that all the good ones end, end in O. Uh, and another one, uh, this is kind of like a, a quote from the first movie, but they are looking for Raphael, who is tied up at the uh, Foot Clan's new headquarters, and they go, perimeter's quiet, a little too quiet. And then they kind of you know move around again, and then they go, well, that was easy. Yeah, a little too easy. And then they find Raphael, and they go, there's Raph. Yeah, a little too, Ralph. So that didn't make sense to me. Well, it did make sense, but it's exactly you know the the line from from the first movie. Oh, here we go. Uh, Tetsu says, "Our father gone," and then Tetsu says, "They will pay." I, Tetsu, now lead. Let any who challenge step forward. Shredder steps. It says, "I challenge," and then Freddy says, "His face." Was it Freddy? Yeah. Oh, see, it, it didn't look like him, but yeah. His face. Yeah, it. And then when we do see it, he's just um, he's just got like more scratches well, on his face. Well, I never face, really. really see the full face, but you just see like uh, kind of the, the silhouette. Yeah, you see the silhouette of Shredder, but uh, he really doesn't look that bad, you know, for 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 being crushed. So um, yeah. So yeah, I, I guess that's it. Did you have any other thoughts about this movie? Uh, nope. Other than uh, I used to watch this movie when I was a lot younger, like a lot lot younger and mm-hmm. i remember certain scenes so when we first or when we started watching it last night um it made me i, I had these like little flashbacks like uh when they first found the tgri lab and those uh those wires all over the place the red ones the colorful ones i mm-hmm. remember those yeah like i remembered how they look cool and they're little and that they were a little arcade thing because michelangelo makes that comment where do we put the quarter in so when i was younger i used to think oh cool it's a little slot machine but now I just realized he was joking. Yeah, this uh, this movie. I think when I owned it, um, somehow you know your grandpa he, the tape we had for um, the Secret of the Ooze, he had another recording after it that was behind the scenes. So I don't know if that's something that came with the tape that we you know rented at the time, and he recorded that too, or it was just two something uh, two separate things, but. Uh, this is the very first movie that I can remember where I watched like the behind the scenes or the making of. So you get to see the animatronic, uh, you know, heads moving, um, you know, controlled by, uh, you know, puppeteers, and you get to see the actors that were inside the suits. And so I think since I watched this at such a young age, I you know became fascinated with watching behind the scenes of movies and et cetera, et cetera. Um, fascinated and- or obsessed. Well, a little bit of both, really. I I do enjoy watching a lot of that stuff. Uh, there was a show in the '90s, which the, you know has since ended, but uh, it was called Movie Magic, and it was basically all the special features you would find in each movies. But I think once they you know released uh, on DVDs, that stuff was included. So then maybe that show canceled because you know uh, people wouldn't need to watch that show anymore. They could they could just get those special features off of DVDs. But yeah, uh, as a kid. You know, I, I enjoy it as an adult. I, I still do. Um, I, I know what it's trying to do. You know, they, they lined up the tone. Uh, it's it's definitely geared for the even younger kids, you know. Um, and the, the violin was toned down, so that way, you know, people of all ages can enjoy it. 
Um, but overall, you know, this, this movie, it's, it's, I think, in my opinion, it's a step down because I really do like the tone of the first one. Um, but I'm going to give this one a three and a half. So probably that might have been the lowest I've given a movie thus far. Four for me, mostly because I grew mostly because I grew up watching this ish and uh watching this again made me really like it a little bit more but there's still those nitpicks here and there yeah i think that's kind of what did it for me it, it, i mean it sounds like we're trashing the movie i mean i i said i, I still really enjoy it but the the, the, the kino i as much as I love uh, Ernie Reyes Jr., I think he's a bad actor. <laughs> uh, his line delivery, his facial expressions, just it it uh, it made me roll my eyes. Uh, just the way he said things, um, but his character is awesome. You know, I, I love his um, him fighting. Uh, he he goes on to do Surf Ninjas, which is also one of my favorite childhood movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like the actor. I just don't like his acting or lack thereof, in my opinion. Um, so him and some, some of the nitpicks that we brought up that, that brings it down to three and a half, but I, I, but I can honestly say that I enjoy this more than the first one, but I like the first one, um, overall more as a movie. So if that makes any sense at all, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think happens after this movie? Um, let's just go, let me go out a little, maybe the turtles go back in time for something. I don't know. Something yeah. like that. Uh, that's that's kind of a cop out, but uh, so, so is mine. Uh, what happens after this movie is uh, April O'Neil gets a call from Casey Jones. He's like, <laughs> he's like, hey Toots, uh, I'm in jail and I need a bail. Uh, and, and she's like, well, well, yeah, what happened to you? You know, all this just happened and we just fought Shutter again. It it was cray. And he was like, yeah, so they arrested me for attempted murder, and, and they couldn't find the body, so they, they decided to let me go, so I need to get picked up. <laughs> so, uh, so the turtles go back in time to pick them up from getting caught by the cops. No, no, that's shot. not what happens after this movie, because that's <laughs> what happens in the third movie. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's a, that's, that about wraps it up. So next week you'll be gone. Uh, there may or may not be an episode, and if there is going to be one, you will not be on it uh, away at camp. So when you return, we will do Ninja Turtles 3 along with a uh, bonus review of the 2014 release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So you didn't want to do TMNT? No, I've, I've never seen the entire movie. I have. You want to do it? Nah. Okay, so uh, that will give uh, listeners a few weeks to uh, get your emails in. Um, so it's safe to say we're not doing TMNT, or is that still kind of up in the air? It's still up in the air. Okay, so that's undecided, uh, but, I mean, we would just appreciate any email, to be honest. So so even if we don't do the uh, TMNT, which is, what, 2007 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 2007. Yeah, so even if we don't do that, hey, send us an email, you know, tell us what you think. It could just be as simple as... Hey guys, TMNT was good. But uh, yeah, so you can email us at hlfpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram. Hey, we got a couple of pictures of us in there, so if you want to see what we look like, follow us on Instagram. Um, if, you don't like what you, if you don't like what we look like, unfollow us. Well, <laughs> follow us, just don't like the pictures, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we're on Twitter at hlfpodcast. Uh, 
And yeah, hit, go to our Facebook page, give us a like. That way you can get all the updates. Um, I post pictures. I'm not as active on there just because uh, most of the people that like it are, you know, kind of personal friends anyway. Um, so if people would like the page and um, get more active on there, we'll definitely be active as well. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of different means to to uh, get a hold of us, and and uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher and iTunes. Please leave us a review, a rating, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it. So until the next uh, next episode, I'm Peter. I'm Dean, and we're Hyper Level Four. On the half shell, they're the heroes for In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high, with muggings mysterious All police and detectives are furious Cause they can't find the source Of this lethally evil force This is serious, so give me a quarter I was a witness, get me a reporter Call April O'Neil in on this case Hey, you better hurry up, there's no time to waste We need help like quick on the double Have pity on the city, man, it's in trouble We need heroes like the Lone Ranger When Tonto came pronto, when there was danger They didn't say we'd be there in half an hour Cause they displayed turtle power Reporter was hot on the trail, determined to put these crooks in jail. She spied the bad guys and saw what happened, but before she knew it, she fell in a trap and got caught. Yeah, she was all alone, with no friends and no phone. Now this was beyond her worst dreams, cause she was cornered by some wayward teens. Headed by Shredder, they were anything but good. Misguided, unloved, they called them the foot. They could terrorize and be angry youth then. They'd mug the people who needed proof. Then from out of the dark came an awesome sound. Shouted Calabunga as they hit the ground. From the field of weeds, the heroes rescued the flower. Cause they possessed turtle power. They're on a mission When there's a battle Got the enemy wishing That they stayed at home Instead of fighting These ninja masters With moves like lightning They were once normal But now they're mutants Sprint is the teacher So they are the students Leonardo, Michelangelo And Donatello Make up the team With one other fellow Raphael He's the leader of the group Transformed from the norm By the nuclear group Pizza's the food That's sure to please These ninjas are into Pepperoni and cheese Back to the story It's not hard to find Ninjas not just of the body But of the mind Those were the words That the master instructed But a letter from Shredder Had splinter abducted That was the last straw Spring into action Step on the foot Now they're gonna lose traction Now this is for real So you fight for justice Your shell is hard So you shout They can't dust us off Like some old coffee table Since you've been born You've been willing and able To defeat the snake Protect the weak Fight for rights and your freedom to speak. Now the villain is chilling, so you make a stand. Back to the wall, put your sword in your hand. The 
remember the words of your teacher, your master. Evil moves fast, but good moves faster than light. Shining for your illumination, good versus evil equals confrontation. So when you're in trouble, don't give in and go sour. Try to rely on your eternal power. Weapon. 